I'm Alec. Hi, I'm B. And we are the Undead Poet Society, the podcast where we consume art and spit it back out into new art. This week we are talking about Watchmen, the graphic novel, with our good friend B. B, introduce yourself to the people. Hi, I'm B. <laughs> and for a <laughs> for a cool book, I think it's a cool book, anyways. I think yeah. it's a pretty cool book. I don't know. I can see it it's, being very, you know, controversial for some people, but it yeah, there's a lot in it that uh I'm unsure if it's like critiquing or like you know, I'm not sure like where the I'm sure it ruffles some SJW feathers. That line of irony <laughs> is at, but you know what? That's uh that's, that's a, I mean, that's, that's a great topic. <laughs> that's a great topic of discussion. Um, B, uh, I know that I don't think any of our episodes are actually up yet, so you haven't heard them, except for that one that we have posted by accident, but we're not going to acknowledge it. Um, <laughs> we of, uh, often when we, I mean, I think this is the first written thing that we've actually reviewed. I think up until this point, it's all been movies. Um, yeah, we're going to try and do like three movies a month. But we've been doing... 60 second uh 60 second summaries where it's 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 like a bit where we try and like give a summary of the movie and or book in 60 seconds uh becca have you done it yet i haven't I think you gotta do it i think you gotta do it i think she's gotta okay. do it this is a tough oh. one in 60 seconds this one it's is tough, really tough in it's tough seconds. but you also don't you're also not allowed to prepare beforehand yeah it's true all right, I guess I'll uh, I'll go ahead. At three, two, one. Um, so the world has a has. <laughs> we live in a world where superheroes exist, um, but they're not necessarily like superhuman. Um, but a one of them dies under mysterious circumstances, and we're led to believe they're murdered, and this disbanded league of superheroes decides to get together well not really get together they kind of start <laughs> investigating to see if this is like a conspiracy where people are killing superheroes or if it's like an accident basically through this this novel we find out their backstories um and the world is going to go into nuclear warfare and um by the end, basically, we figure out, spoiler alert, that um, one of the masked men is behind it all, and he thinks himself to be, like, all-powerful, and, um, yeah. Damn. Spark notes <laughs> called. They want to summarize your dog. <laughs> There's Rick. a lot, dude. <laughs> it's a pretty twisty story. It's so intense. And that's not even um, to talk about, like, all the, like, side, like, the essays and stuff that are between chapters and stuff. Yeah. It was, uh, this is, this is insane. And I mean, I was thinking about it earlier today. It's not meant to be read the way that we read it. It wasn't originally, you know, it was released as a series of 12 comic books. You know, it wasn't released the way we have it today. So people were reading it over the course of like months, if not like years. Um, 
I think yeah. you, you got you hit most of the main points though that like you know we, we live in a world where superheroes exist uh, vigilantes but only kind of you know <laughs> like I like I don't know I had to google it um but it appears that Dr. Manhattan is the only person that has powers with the yeah. very possible exception of Ozymandias because yeah, he catches a bullet at the end doesn't he mm-hmm and he also, like he like he does he's like catch a, super a bullet, genius, isn't he? Like, he's, isn't that like his thing? Is like he's got like, he's the smartest man in the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I think that could be. You could argue that he has, you know, some sort of intelligence. Super. And it's a shame that we don't get more because, like, I don't know. We we see kind of how some of these superheroes operate. Like Night Owl is obviously a Batman figure who has like a bunch of like gadgets and a weird chip and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, but like besides him and Dr. Manhattan, it appears that everybody else is just like dressed up and is really good at kicking other people's asses. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, it doesn't like, they kind of say that too. like that's like, that's like, like Rorschach, 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 uh, doesn't appear to have any like special powers or weapons. Like he just like beats the shit out of people. He's got trauma, bro. Like <laughs> he's, his superpower is trauma. His lack of empathy is a superpower. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, like there's, there's a bunch of other like superheroes that we are introduced to that we don't go into like hooded justice or captain metropolis and stuff. And it's just like, were all of these people like, did they all just beat the shit out of people? Like old, like old fashioned style. <laughs> like what made, what made them super just the willingness to do it in a costume. I don't know. It's, it's a very strange choice. It's a very strange um, world. Did you have the opportunity to read those essays at the end of the chapters? Essays. At, uh, I don't think they have them for the thing that we were yeah, watching. Cause it'll, exp- it explains that in the, in the essays that oh, damn, um, I came underprepared. It's <laughs> basically Underdressed. you got the, main story but the yeah the very first one um the first and second one are written by hollis mason who was the original night owl Mm, and he kind of talks about his backstory and like what led him to be um a masked avenger basically he started off as just like a police officer and then was like you know what this isn't enough and um started like he found hooded justice was the very first masked superhero to ever you know masked vigilante to to ever be but um yeah so so it kind of talks about that it goes into it It, they really are just people and then dr manhattan you have his story that is revealed through the the actual plot um and but yeah, other than that, everyone else is just like a a person that that takes it upon themselves to fight, whether it be for fame or for sex or for money or for like as uh, Sally Jupiter says at the end, um, for you know the few people that actually did it out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. But um, yeah. The, the the motivations for all of the heroes is very interesting to me. You know what I mean? And like what it says about them now i'm excuse me i'm um someone who started and hasn't finished watchmen and maybe i could help our audience here um i could be the perspective of uh someone who hasn't necessarily know all that much about it this is my biggest question listening to y'all talk 
who is the costumer who's <laughs> running the fashions out of their basement? That's what I want to know. It seems to be individual. Like, they all just kind of, like, figure oh. it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, except for... A la, a la Spider-Man with his copic markers mm-hmm. on his yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really, so not only do you have to be a superhero who kicks ass with fisticuffs and is smart, you also have to be a tailor. Yeah. Yeah, well, like... Wow. Some of the costumes are ass, though, so like, yeah, that's kind of realistic. Most of them, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so it is realistic? That's so funny. Yeah, they, like... And Night Owl talks well, about it. He talks about how he was, like... I want to figure out my costume, but like there's a lot that goes into it that you don't think about. Like, do I have a cape or do I not have a cape? Because Dollar Bill, who was this superhero who was like just a commercial super superhero, basically, he had a cape and it killed him in the end. Mm. Like Incredibles montage style, you know, <laughs> like um, I mean, Rorschach is just someone with a mask in a fedora and a trench coat. Mm. So but yeah. maybe yeah. one of the top correct. five character designs in all history. I'm Honestly, I'm going to say it. And they explain it, too. It's great. I love it. They explain why his mask shifts with his emotions. It's just period what is that reason do you want um, to share that yeah i can share that um so we do get i didn't know that i thought my expectation going into this was that we weren't gonna figure out who rorschach was and that we were just gonna like he was just gonna be rorschach but um spoiler alert he is unmasked about like halfway through and he is in the very first panel of the comic the very first page of the comic, he is he's like a street prophet, like a doomsday he's the, prophet. He's the doomsday guy with the sign that says the end is nigh. That's him. Um, it's amazing. But his, so he was abandoned. He's um, a bastard son of a sex worker and was his mom, his mom didn't want him and she was all, very unfit to be a mother and was take he was taken yeah, actively abusive yeah and oh, never mind no <laughs> Ooh, beat out of themselves is abusive <laughs> no 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 <laughs> but um he, he was taken no 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 no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. but um he was taken from his mother and put into like a home for children where at the age of 16 he was meant to work like he was an apprentice for a tailor and he was <gasps> that's the fedora yeah, yeah. that's how yeah and, uh, and the suit coat right he well the the mask comes from he had there was like this rich italian woman who commissioned a dress from them that was like these two kinds of fabric that interacted with each other in such a way that it looked like the patterns were shifting and it looks like a rorschach test well, like I a blot test i think it's like a liquid inside and it is. It's like a liquid. Yeah. It's a really good explanation, except that there's no explanation as to why it's symmetrical, like vertically symmetrical, you know, like, but I don't know. I, it, it was good. It doesn't need to be. I mean, the, the fabric explained. itself, it doesn't have a lot of explanation as to what it really is, but um, he, she didn't want it. And he was like, you know, that's just like the perfect, that's the perfect uh, metaphor for who I am in that like this, he's made this beautiful dress for this rich lady and she was like actually this is ugly as sin and I don't want it and so he just like keeps it and then she gets murdered and he's like I want to be a masked vigilante and so uses the dress that was meant for her as his mask 
as a masked Avenger. So there's a lot. Yeah. His, his, like this, this entire episode could just be about him. He has got so much going on. (laughs) Like the way that he speaks in like incomplete sentences and phrases, uh, like the, like the, like the constant shade that the writer is throwing at him as a person. Like he's like so uncompromising in general, but like, also, everybody's like, oh, yeah, he has, like, horrible hygiene and, like, he's just, like, this violent sociopath and everybody thinks that he's weird. And, like, obviously his, like, just horrible attitude towards women and intimacy in general and, like, all of, like, the Oedipal stuff that comes out of that. Like, he's just a, he's a hoot and a holler of a character. <laughs> he's got a lot going on. Let me tell you, the line when he's in the prison and it's like he was shouting at them. There seems to be a misunderstanding. I am not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. Oh, it's such a like a cool like thing to say. You know what I mean? Like it's just I don't know. His his journal entries are like weirdly literary. (laughs) Yeah. Very. I am the one who knocks. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a profoundly. He's so interesting and just like a profoundly bad person you know what i mean he one of my favorite go ahead ahead. no no i'm done just i have so many quotes by him that i love on page 24 i leave the human cockroaches to discuss their heroin and child pornography (laughs) like yeah or when he's talking about dr manhattan like um like not caring or something he goes possibly homosexual must remember to investigate further (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like it's so interesting because like because his his mask reveals stuff about his character right like it's it's like these alternating patterns of black and white and that's because he has black and white morality there's no gray and he's completely uncompromising but like and, and and i'm sure that that's how he thinks about it but the fact that the pattern is always shifting reveals something that i feel like he doesn't think about himself which is that like where does that morality come from and why do you get to be the person that dictates it? You know what I mean? Like he's, he's so uncompromising and he's like, Oh, like good is good and evil must be punished. Um, but like, he's also a racist, homophobic, violent piece of shit. Like literal self-proclaimed Nazi. Like, Like, right. right. I was going to say like, like who, who pins the title Nazi to their cape without like flinching, you know, like someone who doesn't just so I he's an interesting character to follow as I've started reading it um and for anyone who decides to start reading Watchmen my biggest advice is to just go with it it is very like um in the first first the first page alone you are just like blown away with like his like Rorschach's like thoughts in his journal um but like just parse through it because it's so captivating you know and it's so interesting to follow this character who's so um i don't obstinate you know in being wrong (laughs) does that make sense he's just like cynicism to the like to the max like there's not a more but he's also weirdly hopeful like you'd think that like like do you know what i'm talking about because he'll go to like these horrible places and interact with these horrible people and he'll talk about how horrible it all is but then we'll say things like cannot give up hope like the like the death of hope is the is like uh evil unpunished and that must not come to pass you know what i mean like it's strange just how horrid he thinks and knows everything to be but like refuses to be cowed by it yeah, in he, some way i don't know still uh he's still actively working towards making things better. So maybe 
Make, you know, in maybe doing he's not something. as cynical. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's not as cynical as... Uh, but how can like he not be? Movie. Like, he he opens up the book by saying, like, and when the blood rises up frothing around their waists, the whores and the politicians will look up at me and shout, save me, and I will look down and whisper, no. <laughs> like, if that's not cynicism, I don't know. He's just, he's so strange. He's I so, mean, it's so hard to get a handle on him. But then in the end, he, he had, he was so... I guess captured by his his like morality like his his need to his need to tell everyone that they were wronged and that these people died for nothing even if it meant that they died for nothing that he was like you have to kill me like do it kill me because if you don't then I'm gonna tell everyone because Mm. I can't let this bastard get away with everything that he did and he literally just gets freaking atomized and it's so depressing (laughs) i also like before that when like ozymandias like he's like i won i won and like he He, like puts his hands in the air he throws his hands in the air and it looks it kind of looks like he's on the cross you know what i mean like does yeah as as if like he's put on this like like, the passion i've taken yeah i've i've put on the i've taken the sin upon myself to save the earth you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but yeah, Ozymandias is another interesting character, I think, too. Very interesting. Who the the questions that this book asks, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, exactly. Like if 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 you're a superhero standing in that room and be like you be you said earlier that you're like fine with spoilers, and I'm going to spoil it for you because this conversation won't make a lot of sense. The 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 plot of Ozymandias, who's one of the uh, masked vigilantes and is self proclaimed the smartest man in the world. Through a series of events, which you'll have to keep an eye out for throughout the book, he creates a gigantic psychic monster that he teleports into the middle of New York, killing millions of people and killing it upon arrival. An in excellent order book to, to read convince, on 9-11. Yeah, in, in order <laughs> to convince America and Russia that there is an external threat and so they can't go to war like nuclear war with one another. And the, and and that entire plan hinges on the fact that like they believe that this monster that has been teleported into the middle of New York is like some alien race that's like trying to attack them, you know? And so like giving them a common enemy with which like they can unite each other. Um but again that all hinges on not knowing that it was actually Ozymandias who did it. And so like standing in that room Y'all are like y'all are in that room. Y'all are masked in in your superhero persona, and you see this happen, and you hear Ozymandias explain it. Do you need to be atomized, or are you going to go and uh, have sex next to a pool <laughs> like <laughs> Night Owl and Silk Spectre? <laughs> like, what's the what is the play? What are you doing? I'm I'm um, Rorschach. No. You're getting atomized. I'm getting atomized. Me and Alec are going to go have sex at the pool then. <laughs> <laughs> I think of, like, Becca's just like, uh, I'll escape now from the world, from the world of Jean Valjean. Like, <laughs> just, like, off the bridge. Like, yep. I can't live in this world. Yeah, I was like, when I read that, I was like, I mean, it makes sense that they wouldn't be able to, like, because to tell the world would be to show them that, like, I don't know. I feel like there could be an in-between, but I don't feel like as humanity, we can reach that um, just because we've lived through a pandemic and 
still didn't find to get like, with you know, disappointing we results. Still yeah, were just so like just, pitted I against each other. Like, so is it totally tone deaf of me to be like, oh, today is a day in which um, people remember the life of three thousand people that were, you know, lost, which is sad. But think about how like, like extremely like detrimental the effects of around the world were for like muslim people you know like disproportionately like or the fact that like three thousand people died each day like during covid you know in america alone right and nobody seemed to care and so it's like spectacle you know death that is like very like like moving for people but not like the day-to-day passing of people that we can do things to prevent you know i don't know it's just very like i think you're right that even in those circumstances like it's this what do you do you know what i mean and that was like yeah (laughs) no that was very that's exactly what i was thinking too when i was i read it this morning on my parents couch as the daughter of a veteran who went to the war because of 9-11 like watch looking at this these images of this and this was written in the 80s right like it's it's like I'm sitting there on this couch looking at these images people just like this gore and blood it's all drawn you know I know that this didn't actually occur but it did you know and um I don't know that was that weighed heavy on my mind and just like all of that, I was like, I, I couldn't live with that knowledge, you know, I would have to tell people, even if it meant, like I said earlier, there's got to be a middle ground, like, there would have to be like, we were going to bind together because against this common enemy, why can't we just still do that? The common enemy being, I don't know, like ourselves, it's not like one against the other, like, because we're all nuanced. And that's, I think what the really big point of this book is, is that everybody's nuanced, or at least one of them, is that, like, yeah, people people can do horrible things, and, like, does that make you a bad person? I don't know. And, uh, I don't know. Obviously, most of the characters in this novel are bad people, in my opinion, <laughs> but um, I don't think it's, like, I think it's your perspective that makes you like your perspective doing these things that makes you into that kind of person if that makes sense i'm contextless for most of this but i'm thinking now of this like psychic monster that wipes out new york city i'm thinking have y'all seen nope yeah we yeah okay there is the spectacle of gordy right who killed a couple of people that is memorialized forever because it was on television and there's the silent death of hundreds of people at Jean Jacket that nobody cares about because nobody saw it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? And that's the whole point of Nope, right? Is that like horror imagery is just as important as horror, right? Um, and I, I think that like, like how many people die in the Watchmen leading up to this that people don't, are just casualties, you know? Like even in the first like section, like, when Rorschach goes in to the bar and he's cracking fingers and they tell him not to he's already wanted for murder right like at that point he has a warrant out you know and like those are just faceless deaths that nobody seems to care about because they're not spectacleized you know 
Well, like, and that's that's actually a huge part of Rorschach's story too. Is the reason like the one of the first things he did as a masked Avenger was um, he followed this case of this missing six year old. She was kidnapped um, due to like a misunderstanding of like her family name, and he like found where she was being held. And he says that he he killed or harmed 14 people unnecessarily before the 15th person gave him the correct address. And uh, so he's like, he's aware of it. But then like, yeah. And then he like finds that this six-year-old was killed and fed to the dogs. And like he gets so enraged. He just like burns down this entire building and like kills the dogs. And like, so I think yeah like I can't remember where I was going with that but it's 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 definitely talked about in the book or at least hinted at that like there's some of that um awareness of like the spectacle of it all like who cares if no one can see it you know and I think you know if we're talking about spectacle you have to talk about Dr. Manhattan who you know walk in and do his first panel and he's giant with his butt out and you're like wow that is a spectacle um they don't show his dingling until like halfway through the book which i was not expecting i was like oh he's just like kendall down there gotta be and then just like he's walking and then full pee balls i was well, like that, wow awesome well, that's like this. that's i yep. think that's important too because he can choose what he looks like yeah, he, you know, like he, he's, he's like he can I literally, yeah, he can control literally everything. Is about he in public when he is that with that thing swinging? Not usually. Oh, he he had okay. it swinging uh, in Vietnam. <laughs> That's for sure. Did he? No, he had he had little underwears on. Let me let me go back in here and check. Uh, no, I think you're right. He, I think you're right. He, he had like a little, little like... speedo. I but want I, to strenuously yeah, argue. Did. That this comic book would have been worse for not having those cock and balls. I want to. I want to agree with no, that. No, I'm, I'm not. I 100 percent believe that's true. And I, I just was because, shocked because I didn't think it was going to be there. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not even capping. I'm not trying to be funny. Like I think it's genuinely like thematic because he literally can choose to do that, to 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 show that you know what i mean like he because he clothing is essentially for other people yeah you know what i mean like it like with, with some exceptions for like warmth or like certain like utility clothing like a lot of the clothing that we wear on a day-to-day basis is for other people and he throughout the book un- until a certain point is forgetting that other people exist or matter you yeah. know what i mean so like why wouldn't he just be walking out with his like cock and balls out you know what i mean yeah i think i think it's uh I think it's funny, first of all, that someone like sat there and drew that. But I also think it's very important to his character because it shows that he's like transcended humanity in a way. You know what I mean? And like the, oh, these yeah. these carnal things don't matter to me anymore because I'm above that at this point. Well, I think too. Like I, his personality is very evident in the first like section where he appears. And I, this is me. Um, get, uh, the fact that um, his a friend whose name I cannot recall. Let me scroll real quick. She was like, I'm going on a date. Basically, I'm leaving without you. I'm going to go have dinner. And he's just like, whatever, right? Um, um, I think that it's very um, to be above mankind to think that no one could harm you in that way. I just think of like, like 
I consent to read this like graphic novel. Therefore, I consent to see cock and balls, right? <laughs> um, but if I were out in public, I w- would not consent to that. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, as a f- feminine person, like that has a different connotation than if like I- I- other masculine people were around. It- does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Not that like genitalia equals gender, but like if I were out, I would assume I was going to be like sexually like surprised. Uh, by someone you know what I mean? the, the, that's a that's, it's like a crime to flash people you know what mm-hmm. i mean and so um i think that like it's so above humanity to not think about the comfort of other people you know i'm not saying we're like necessarily should be uncomfortable with like nudity or anything like that it's just that the way we are today we so are you know and so to think that like i don't think i'm going to care around how other people feel around me is very um I think that's a recurring theme in this, uh, from what I can gather, <laughs> is mm-hmm. very much like um, so many things are just like, um, from what I've read, so many things are so trivialized. Um, and definitely one of those things is like the comfort of people around us, you know? I think that's like something where we, at least I try to be very conscientious of. And there's so many characters here that are just so uncaring in the smallest ways you know down to like the minute things like i will have my cock and balls out (laughs) (laughs) or yeah there's like a kind of callousness that seems to pervade the entire story um really quick if you haven't already i think that this is a super important context go ahead and google the author alan moore (laughs) just just hit a just hit a image search on that (laughs) no big big homie looks like rasputin yeah like I can't he, he's <laughs> stress a enough. He's a wizard. He's, oh he looks like a necromancer. Yeah. He, he looks like I've been watching. He looks like a Nickelodeon, um, the Nickelodeon's definition of a homeless man, right? <laughs> Not like, <laughs> like who would be on like a Victoria, an episode of Victorious. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like a caricature. He, he kind of looks. Someone. He looks like the teacher from Victorious, like the the theater teacher. <laughs> <laughs> amazing a lot uh also continuing about like appearances and such a lot of the art is pretty utilitarian like it it, like it just kind of yeah serves like serves the purpose um but the art in general i i like i i initially found it if i'm gonna be completely honest a little bit off-putting um and then i didn't and then i was like wow i actually really enjoy this i don't know i thought i thought that the art was really good especially on the like the kind of like full page panels where he obviously puts in more effort um, on the art. It's just like Rorschach in the window and stuff like that. It just looks really good. Yeah, I I think... Go ahead. I feel like I disagree about the utilitarian part because I was so... I I understand what you're saying. Like, it, it didn't feel like there was a lot... I don't know. I, I just disagree because... I was captured in every frame by something different that I ended up thinking about later or that ended up coming back later or like specifically the transitions. Another part that (laughs) you wouldn't have read because you didn't read the hard copy. um, There's a foreword by the authors and they talk about the, um, the context with which you need to read graphic novels. I'm trying to find the part is the, the content. Um, like you need here. I, I want to read it like the whole thing, but it's just too much. Um, 
he talks about the evocative glimpse um but mostly he talks about the continuity like you need the continuity and like from frame to frame like the transitions and like the things that matter later are really like really important um for example rorschach drops what this is one of the first things i noticed rorschach drops the sugar um the sugar cube paper on the floor like he takes it in the when he's talking to the to uh daniel the night owl he drops the wrapper and eats the sugar cube when he's talking to dr manhattan and uh louise right and he later um that's referenced again several times but um louise is the one that picks it up and that's her name right i feel like that's wrong um so the junior silk specter laura um, i think laurie laurie um laurie picks it up and throws it away and then later laurie is in dan's house um and the sugar she asks for two sugars and he only can give her one because the other sugar that she would have had was dropped on the floor in front of her by rorschach or the transitions from one frame to another i guess like the the very first one in chapter two um is the angel in the graveyard um and she says will you look um there's just a disembodied voice will you look at will you look at her pretty as a picture and still keep in her figure and you that frame alone you don't really understand what's going on then the next frame is um sally jupiter talking to laurie her daughter and you think at first she's talking about the angel but she's talking about laurie um and i guess the the art i i feel like it can't be as simple as we feel like it is because it's like i feel like every part of every frame is used in like a very artful manner i don't know if any of that makes sense but like that's what i've thought about the entire time because i read the foreword but also just like it catches my eye like constantly i was telling robert while i was reading it even when i was just like 50 pages in i was like i want to circle every frame and be like look at this this is so cool it connects to here and here and here and here like every single time i felt like the transitions the lighting the way that they used like you said uh the reflections um just and i have so many notes about it it's just so beautifully artfully done i think um i guess i'm not going to speak for alec but for me because because i agree with what alec was kind of trying to say is like a lot of like graphic novels i mean this this was made before like most of the graphic novels i've read i've a lot of the stuff that i read is more uh contemporary and it's like you know the the in Watchmen, it's got like the three three by three grid on each page. You know what I mean. And then in more gra- in more recent graphic novels, people have kind of been experimenting more with like different shapes and like different sizes and like the different frames are different presented differently. And so like the three by three grid at first it feels kind of like uh, I don't know less spectacular than some of the things I've seen, but I think you're right that a lot of, like, the imagery is amazing. I think that Alan Moore and uh, 
I can't remember who the artist is um, off the top of my head, but I think that they... I think it's Dave Gibbons, if I'm seeing the... Yeah, and I, I, I think that... I don't know. This... It, it, it reads like a like a movie almost, you know what I mean? Like it, it feels like they're like they were writing a, a script for a movie almost. And then like he found someone that could like draw it and he was like, Oh man, these are actually really great drawings. Like we should, you know what I mean? Like I know that's not how it happened, but that's almost how it feels like. It's just like so cinematic. It does feel cinematic. <clears throat> Can I bust some art theory? On yeah. You? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, there's like different types of lines in design and a um a vertical line addresses authority it addresses strength it addresses like um stability um but not stability more like like towering over you that kind of feeling i'm a horizontal line addresses stability it addresses calmness it is um it is something you can like rely on vertical lines are motion right and so and you're looking through this three by three panel a lot of these things are very static and um i i really feel that 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 attends to the theme of like morality black and white what is not black and white right but in this like static panel um a lot of these lines are very vertical lines which is about like power right um in like the concept of design and art and where those are broken up are very moments of like tenderness you know like i'm looking at like um i'm looking at like uh it's page 44 um where the vertical lines here are the casket or someone in the bed or an ambulance you know what i mean like they are moments of like really well thought out like conceptual design um and like the the angel or like dr manhattan standing tall and strong and very like vertical are great ways to show like what their characters or their items like presumed to do within the context of the story and so like you know art like it may look at you may look at it and think it's like very static but even that is on purpose you know like it serves the purpose of telling the story so well and completely and like just looking at like if you have the novel like open up to 44 or i have the digital uh version of the graphic novel but um this like page is split so beautifully into like (laughs) every other panel has a color palette pertaining to the story it tells within the page and it's so unique to look at that you don't have a focal point um which like is a big thing in design like you should look at a movie poster and look at one thing whether that's someone's face or the title or whatever right and there's no focal point on a lot of these pages because you're meant to like read it like electronically right like as a series and um um it's so like even that you could go into like how there's no focal point like there's no derivative way to like take something from the story you know there's no like this is the answer to this graphic novel you know and so it's just really done well art wise and at first I was like not like obsessed I don't really like um comic book styles I think a lot of them are very like um they play too much into like fantasy um which is a comic book i understand that um but like um the fantasy of women or the fantasy of men and what they should look like but this is so like 
I actually like the word utilitarian here. Everything is drawn so just as it needs to be that there's no imagining anything other than what is in front of you, if that makes sense. Yeah. That actually kind of, you kind of passingly brought up something that I think is one of my biggest criticisms about this book. Um, I think it says a lot of really interesting things about, you know, capitalism and, um, you know, what it, what it means to be like a superpower in the world and stuff like that. And I think it's very scathing against police and stuff like that, but it was still written in a time where I, I just feel like it doesn't do, it doesn't do the female characters justice at all. It feels like almost all of them are, you know, they are there for sex or, appeal and yeah, they they're notify that they're appeal. there for sex appeal and accessories. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think oh, we that's get a enough. huge thing that I have with this book um go ahead and finish your thought though robert is that meta though because it's a I deconstruction of the superhero genre you know what i mean like are we being too kind to assume that it's meta though like that might i maybe becca and i are on the perspective that like it's not meta because we experience that you know what i mean it's not gratuitous to us to like want to naturally assume that it's meta does that make sense yeah i i don't i'm kind of on the same page though i don't i don't think it doesn't feel very meta to me. It just feels like the those characters got left by the wayside. It, it, I don't know. In particular, um, B, you haven't gotten to this part yet, but um, I mean, you you have read that um, the comedian sexually assaulted uh, Sally Jupiter. Yes. Yes. Um, and Rorschach is like, I won't judge what a man did in yeah, service of his country. That right, doesn't change. And she, Sally Jupiter, forgives him and is like, oh, but it's like, it's not a big deal. And it's like, you know, what am I going to do? Waste my life thinking about it? And like, in the very end, like you find out that you find out throughout the, the novel that the comedian is actually the father to Laurie. Um and they never told her and it turns out that they were in love like the comedian and her were in love but there is a scene where he actually rapes her so like like he he physically abuses her like he he beats her up and then takes sexual advantage of her and in the end she kisses his photo and cries that he's gone and I know that relationships with abusers can be very complicated, but I don't, I do not like how this book framed that and how they left it. Um, And then, and I feel like that's part of why the female characters, the the two female characters, there was no more than two female characters, but the two female characters that we had points of view from, we're just kind of just like, oh yeah, this is their life. And it's dependent on these other men, like that their lives are not their own. Um, yeah. And then they, they even have a, another female superhero that they just don't go into at all, who was a lesbian and who was murdered for being a mask, a mask superhero. And I think it's when she came out like a week later, they found and murdered her. Like, so the, the, the women in this book are definitely not done justice. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, that's like one of my very biggest pr- criticisms of this, this graphic novel. 
I do not like how they left, how they framed and left Sally's story. Yeah. I have this experience where um, I will have, um, you know, like, <laughs> I I think that um, uh, leftist men will do you leftist theory while women do the dishes while they're telling leftist theory to other leftist men in the kitchen, right, in the dining table, while women still do the dishes, you know? And I think that, like, it's very big brain of a lot of, like, men to think I can critically think of criticizing America right but like leave behind of course you know a second class citizen which is a woman you know (laughs) it's just uh I understand what you mean Becca it's very like so close and yet you are a second thought in everything that you see yourself in you know what do you guys think is and isn't irony in the book sorry what do you guys think is and isn't irony uh, like you're asking what is and isn't irony. So like, for example, like Rorschach, like Rorschach's opinions about anything, right? Like how much of that do you think is like what we're supposed to take away from or. Oh yeah. I, I have no like, idea. I have, I have never thought about that actually without having finished this completely. I think that media literacy is critically important and is still being taught by teachers but maybe i read the scary statistic that um 60 of gen z um maybe it's 40 percent. so i'll double check <laughs> when you upload this can you do a tag mm. note with the percentage <laughs> yeah. um a large proportion of gen z use tiktok as a search engine for cultural awareness huh. not google not wikipedia tiktok right and so um i fear that like when this happens when something like the watchman comes out and it's polarizing and it's up to media literacy taught to us and like expounded on by our own research to like parse what is and what isn't ironic like irony is so hard you know and like um you can only understand it to the extent at which the author like allows it to be left open to and you will have people of all political affiliations reading this and what they take from it is you know what they can deduce is irony and what isn't and i think of like fans of the boys who are like there's been this like viral tweet going around that's like oh when blue hair and pronouns right and um using a clip from the boys and they don't understand that the boys is making fun of those people that make fun of people with blue hair and pronouns right they can't see the irony in it and so i like i feel that i'm able to like say okay rorschach is bad in these regards because i understand that it's bad in these regards and a lot of this book is irony because it's criticizing a lot of like what we deem are good american ideals right but i always think irony is so dangerous because there are so many people who will see it and relate to it in in the way that they're not meant to you know like (laughs) like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be Patrick Bateman, Christian Bale, you know, like he is not the, like you are not Walter White. Like, do you not see, you know what I mean? Taking the wrong lesson. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't idolize Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. <laughs> By so, idolizing them, you miss the point. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so there's so much irony in this and like, you should be able to parse right away that Rorschach is like not a good person. Right. But an interesting character. And, um, can I tell you about this tweet I saw by the writers of She-Hulk? She had just watched, or they had just watched Blade Runner, and they were like, I don't... This is where, like, irony is and isn't important, and media literacy is important. 
the writer was like, I just watched Blade Runner and Harrison Ford is kind of the bad guy. And people have begun to equate protagonist with hero Mm. or antagonist with villain right and that is not like what like reading the watchman like breaks that apart so like distinctly that your protagonist is not a good person that i fear in this new age of media literally like where people consume media to like to literal degrees right that they would read this and go why is Rorschach such a bad person if he's the main character you know what i mean and so in that way i really do value the watchman as like a sense to you for you to exercise your brain you know what i mean and to like pull apart what is and what is an irony what do i do not take from this um so i'm going to like retroactively like disagree with what i just said as well (laughs) (laughs) but isn't that part of this too you know i was gonna say that's that's kind of like the the point of looking at things critically and especially this one this uh particular piece of media and specifically Cool. Do we have any uh, specific frames that we wanted to talk about? Is any specific so uh, parts that we didn't uh, get to yet? I, so I love the uh, the atomic kiss or the nuclear kiss. That's uh, it's iconic. I know. I feel like I say the word iconic on this podcast so often because we keep watching iconic movies and reading iconic <laughs> books. But it's just it's an amazing, amazing. Uh, piece of art i will talk about one i did see and that is um the um night owl i believe the the second one sitting uh, after rorschach visits him on the crate right in his basement with the suit right there um i love that one because it's one of the first pages where um a, in the graphic novel besides rorschach entering the broken uh window that is so big right and it takes up like literally half the page and it's like got these like really muted yeah. sad colors and it, it like i said remember those like lines where like a vertical line is like authority and like strength but like this like it looks like a ghost like towering over him mm-hmm. and almost looks like someone's in it too you know and so i love that frame like it to me it's just so spooky and sad and it's mm-hmm. so palpable and i think that's on at least on my digital version that's on page 20 uh 21 yeah i can see right there yep i love that frame so much it just looks so decrepit and sad and miserable yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's very true um i yeah like robert said the atomic bomb one that sequence is really interesting to me because that that page it's 228 i think um is a dream sequence and it's instead of being in three by three it's in six by three i think um they cut it into really small pieces let me get there yeah it's six by three um so it feels like it's happening really quickly i don't know i really liked it um even before that there's there's a lot of sex in this book (laughs) like a lot of sex in this book um and i feel like oh my gosh sorry my headphones are messing things up um but one of my favorite and least favorite sequences is page 226 when they have ozymandias performing on the television while they are 
making out and like attempting to have sex and um Ozzy made it the tv is like he's like thank you I hope you'll forgive me while I warm up I haven't done this in a while and they're like (laughs) it's like um Dan who's like not been around women in like 20 years and they're just making out on the couch and then like and he's like look at the confidence (laughs) as he leads up and grabs the bar and then they talk about the grip that I I put in my notes listen to that crowd as he switches and she's like moaning and stuff and it's like listen to that crowd as he switches up his grip here and then she's like moaning and it's like not the grip but um grippers (laughs) put those grippers away but yeah um then there was there's there's a lot of the for a lot of frames that were really really cool to me but i could talk about them all day do you have any alec i think of dr manhattan's little fortress of solitude on mars mm, those, shit's mm, buzzing it is so cool <laughs> just like this giant the crystal pink. clock his entire uh his entire like uh chapter is uh, really good i think i think it's a lot of fun oh uh frame on page 151 that i really want to talk about this one is i'll just do this one really quick um it might be what another one of my least favorite it's the bottom left frame and it's they're at the scene of the murder where the man was like the world's ending and he killed himself and his children and um they're talking about the the children and the one detective goes nice name sort of film star names and the other one goes yeah and the other one goes uh so yeah you want to get some breakfast yeah and there's just like a toddler whose bloody shoe is like sticking out of this blanket and there's just blood everywhere and then the next frame he goes good listen don't let this ruin your day and i was like oh my gosh how can this not ruin your day <laughs> like well it's just so nonchalant so casual it just uh, i hated it yeah um, i don't know desensitization to violence uh like the capitalization of nostalgia or mm-hmm, the literally consumerization <laughs> of nostalgia um i'm just glad that we have some comic books from a few decades before where things weren't so political, you know? Everything's so political now. Back back when they were putting out Watchmen, it wasn't political. <laughs> yeah. Wrong. Watchmen's very political. Well, cool. Um, I think I've talked about everything that I want to talk about. Does anyone else have anything else? Um, no, not, not that won't make sense just just a bunch of stuff that i really liked about this book that i could talk about forever but a bunch of stuff that i also really hated about this book that i could talk about forever oh i also just we don't have to dwell on this very much but uh i kind of i've heard people like criticize or or rather there was there was a part in the movie that snack zach schneider did i believe um he wanted to take out the part where night owl is uh uh impotent in bed and we we don't have to talk about it much because we are going to do watchman the movie for our next episode um just you kind of compare him a little bit but that like, it kind of brought something up that i thought was interesting in that that why 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 did they include the the whole uh impotent impotent thing like because 
it wasn't he couldn't perform without his suit basically it's the it's the literal fetishization of superheroes yeah that he he wasn't able to perform until after they had fought crime together and then he when was, they had the suits on, yeah. yeah, and his like wet dream of her, it, like in front of the nuclear bomb, they begin naked, and then they take off their skin and reveal their superhero costumes beneath. So it's very silly to me <laughs> that he wants to remove that scene because it's extremely important to understanding who his character is, the night owl guy. Like that, like at the very end, like she like meant the she mentions what, um, like he he apparently smells good. Uh, and it's because there's this like uh, cologne that's been floating around throughout the comic book. Like you occasionally see it like on cabinets and stuff uh, or she like throws it uh, on Mars, I think. And you like yeah. see it in like a, 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 a bunch of frames and it's nostalgia. It's it, she asks him like right before they're about to make love. Like, what do you smell? Like, what does this he smell like? And he says nostalgia. And it's because he's like like the nostalgia is literally like erotic to him and superheroes and nostalgia go very much hand in hand. And to not have those things makes him impotent. Yeah. Yeah. Impotence. I could never. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely really can't not. relate. Uh. Um, <laughs> also, can we talk about just how absolutely massive Dr. Manhattan's junk was? <laughs> like, just so And he chose big. it. He chose it. <laughs> cartoonishly large way more than average all right should we uh, get started with some poems let's get into it yeah let's get into it i recommend that our guest b goes first if they don't mind yeah i can let's go first go. totally here's my poem about how i didn't finish reading the watch <laughs> <laughs> in truth i never finished couldn't half commit to things not work Watchmen left unread, but nevertheless hooked in. Second guesses of plots in motion, questions already answered, I assume. But my only thought is, and if you already know, chime in on this one. A chime? A chime in a commercial? Marvel's Captain America selling you the newest iPhone? Yeah, my only thought is, who watches the Watchmen? Let's mm. go! Bars. Bars? Snapping, snapping. Alright, Becca, you go ahead. Okay, we're, we're feminists today. Ladies first. Go, period. <laughs> yeah, let, like you speak, we'll listen. Um, so mine is based on two specific frames that I really liked that I didn't talk about. Um, <laughs> but um, here it is. It's just a haiku. Life goes on, honey. It's the end of the world, but nothing ever ends. Um, it's the 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 frame. Where she's like, life goes on, honey, life goes on. And then it cuts to who we now know as Rorschach with the, the end is nigh poster. It's like on this in the same frame. It says life goes on, honey, and he's holding the end is nigh. And then um, just that nothing nothing ever ends because that's like the point at the end that Dr. Manhattan says. Anyway, that's mine. Um, I'll go next. Before I do, though, I wanted to make sure to shout out um i i've read the comic before and i obviously watched the movie and i read the tv show or read the tv show watched the tv show but <laughs> i read the tv show bro don't shut up bro <laughs> <laughs> um but i wanted to p- 
point everyone to like if if you've already read this and you're not really feeling like you want to read it again on YouTube they have uh, what's called a motion comic where they kind of like it's like soft animation so it's not fully like animated but they take the elements of the actual frames from the comic and kind of give it you know life and they have a voice actor who does an amazing job and the sound design is amazing so highly recommend you guys uh, check that out if you're you know not wanting to read it that can i mention before like before you actually yeah, read yeah, yeah. While we're on the about topic. the motion comic because i didn't talk about it and i should have i i thought it was great i loved it um and you mentioned the narrator who did a great job uh except for his voices of women which were just like more nasally and annoying versions of like his regular voices um, but uh, it didn't make that big of a difference because there aren't that many women in the comic book anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's like, <laughs> almost, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, if you're going to fumble the bag on any particular demographic. Yeah, he, uh, he lucked out on that department. Yeah, it, you, they had like this, like, quality to their voice that was just yeah. so... <laughs> me, 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 me. Yeah, but like you said, it's few and far between because there's <laughs> the authors are pieces of shit anyways all right my my uh, haiku uh the atomic kiss grazes my mask and tickles the whores on the street damn bombs falling moms falling in love with hearts and men they don't have when masks are more real than the flesh and faces beneath them save a buck to save the world this genuine hero brought to you by morally compromised incorporated the flash in the distance before you vanish write it down, color it cell by cell by cell, and then ask yourself to save yourself, but only if you can afford it. Spare some change or spare a life. Never mind, it's just nostalgia. Damn. Period. Period, bestie. I feel like Alec won this week. That was such a good one. <laughs> I don't know, B and Alec captured something that I uh, I didn't miss, but just, yeah, same. <laughs> you guys did a good job. Great job. Thank you. <laughs> All right, folks. There well, should be I, think, prizes. Uh, I think that's it uh, for this week. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and check us out on all our shows, socials at undeadpoets.society and email us at undeadpoetsocietypodcast at gmail to join in the, the conversation. Like I said earlier, we're going to be doing the Watchmen movie next week. So if you want to watch that, that's uh, going to be a fun time. We'll kind of compare and contrast and uh, see how we like the movie compared to the novel. Um, the intro and outro music is by our friend Chase I guess please check him out on Spotify Apple Music and uh, wherever you get your tunes Uh, we love you girls be safe and good night bye bye